From Crema, this is Option 5, a podcast about product and innovation teams and how they take the leap to say yes and figure it out. I'm George Brooks. And I'm Dan Linhart. We're here today wrapping up our first season. I mean, is this the last one? It is the last one, isn't of it? Of the season, not the last season. We're not done. Don't <clears throat> be afraid of what George just said. We are not done. We're coming to completion. Of yeah, the I mean, season. this this wraps up. It's like we're ending fall, and soon we'll go into winter. Oh gosh, don't talk about winter right now. Right. Okay, sorry. We're just we're just one for one. All right, we're wrapping up winter, and we're going into spring. Yeah, I um, I'm excited. I think we we made it through. We didn't give up on the podcast. On the podcast, absolutely not. We um. We got our we got our episodes in. We changed. We pivoted a bit, mm-hmm. partly through. I think it was all good for good cause for good reason. Mm-hmm. Got some interviews in. Had some really good interviews. I'm really we hope to have more. Yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna hear some more brilliant product slash leadership slash creative. You're gonna hear other people's voices other than ours. Is really what it comes down to. The voices of other people. Um, voices of wisdom. Um, yeah, but this is this is wrapping up kind of what our goal was for the last 10 mm-hmm. how many episode what episode is this? Including interviews, this will be episode 10. Oh, so we came up short. I'm disappointed. I think it's the right amount. <laughs> yep. We were shooting for I think 10 of just us covering a couple topics, but I think we consolidated a few into one episode or That's right. Um, yeah. So we talked a little about a lot we did over the last 10 episodes. I mean, do we really have anything else to give? I'm just kidding. We'll do more. <laughs> <laughs> the look in your face. It was like, geez, I, I think speak so. for yourself I think, there, George. I think we do. So we talked a lot about product teams. Yep. That was the theme, the theme of this season. And what does it look like to lead product teams? What does it look like to build products with product teams and all the different facets around that alignment? Mm-hmm the pros of product teams, the potential cons and how you lead through those cons the culture of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to wrap up by talking about if you are a product manager or a product owner, a founder mm. and you want to build a product team, mm-hmm. what does that look like? So how we do, want to end on the theme actually of make a product team recruiting. Yes. Bringing them in, bringing them in, getting, getting, <laughs> Um, okay. So recruiting talent, it is probably, I'm curious to see what you think. It is probably the hardest part. Uh, Is it the hardest? I think it, it's in the top three and I can't tell you what the other two are. (laughs) (laughs) It may not be hard from a process because you can find a good process, but just finding the right person that fits within your culture and fits the role you need. Yeah. It can be really hard. I think it used to give me, it used to give me so much more anxiety to, to, to be able to say that we are, we were accomplishing what you just said, which is, is this the right person? Um, I think experience has led us to kind of feel it better. Like we can feel when someone's right a lot Mm -hmm. faster. Mm -hmm. We know what kind of, um, things we're looking for. But it used to give me, it used to be, I think it used to be harder than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel more confident more quickly mm-hmm. when we find the right person. Now it's tedious. Uh, if you're doing it yep. right, it's not 
something that ought to be done fast. So it's, it's, it can be labor intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hiring slow is, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. You don't want to mess that up. Yep. Culture is so important to getting things done. I've heard someone say that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Strategy is important, but it doesn't matter unless you have a good culture. And I so love breakfast. <laughs> I do too. <clears throat> it's probably um, my I love breaking fasts. Um, oh yeah. So wanted to talk about recruiting talent and we have four different themes, if you will. Mm. And the first one is identify your best team player and two things to go along with that at questions to ask yourself, what does the role require? Mm-hmm. What do we need this person to do? But also, and probably more important is what does your culture require? Yeah. I think, person? I think for us, we used to say kind of the first, the who, then the what, and I don't know that those can be completely separated because I mean, especially when you get into really needing to move and hit the ground running, the In what is super important. very technical positions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, especially for um, certain roles, but, um, a culture fit is, I know it's kind of over talked about, but I, I don't think it can be, uh, I don't think it can be, what's the word I'm looking for? Understated mm-hmm. because it is the life. It is what your company is. Mm-hmm. Your company is your people. Mm-hmm. Um, the technology is a piece of it, but, um, the, the technology is only as good as the people using the technology. Right. Right. Cause right. even in our industry, if you have the right people, well, one technology is changing all the time. And so we're constantly researching, we're constantly implementing or investigating yep. new technologies. And the reason we can do that is because we have the right people on board. Yeah. If we focused on just the skill set, then we may miss a new technology. We may, may miss the boat on that. Yeah. And I've seen too many companies, both our clients and just other peers or, you know, in the industry that their mantra was to fill the boat as quickly as possible with as many people as possible and mm-hmm. row as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, just only seeing that ever fail, at least with my own personal experiences, I'm sure there are companies that that's not true, but, um, just it, it breeds a toxic culture so quickly. Right. Um, and so you end up not hiring the right people mm-hmm. because you're moving too fast. Um, not getting, not even actually seeing that you're getting the right role requirements. Right. Um, so we've done that Mm -hmm. or almost done that a couple of times where we're like, Oh, this person checks all the boxes. Look at the resume. It says all the right things. Mm -hmm. Uh, we need them. Let's just make make the offer. Go, go, go. Right. And, um, and then our team, which we'll get into kind of our process, but our team would come back and go like, did you see X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no. Nope. We didn't see it. I mean, we just need them. We got to get to hire them. I think that's a really important point. (laughs) So if you ask the question, what does the role require? And you can't answer confidently, like maybe it's a highly technical role, Mm. then get someone else to consult on that, whether it's another person on your team or Or someone outside. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Of like, if you know you need a programmer and it's like, well, I I need, I think I need someone with these skill sets. Don't, if you say the, I think, then you need to bring someone alongside with you. And we did, we Uh had to for a while and we ignorance was bliss, but we, we, we did make a lot of assumptions about what we thought we needed. Right. And we hired some wrong people along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, we've done that both really, really well. I think we've done it more well than we've done it wrong. Right. Um, but we, we have made some mistakes uh, on our hiring. So if you use that image of a table and you're sitting there as a product owner, a product manager, and you want to build out your product team, look at the empty chairs and ask yourself, who do I need in these seats? Yeah, exactly. In order to accomplish this goal, this product, I'm going to need these individuals with these skill sets and, and write them down. And honestly, at that point you need to create a job description of 
because when you bring that person in and we use this a lot, a lot here to be unclear is to be unkind. Mm -hmm. So you want to be mm -hmm. as clear as possible because I, or uh, concepts of accountability, yep. concepts of wanting them to be able to do the best job they can. How do they become how, masters? How do they know if they're doing a good job? Right. If it's not clear. So that's around the role, but then ask yourself, what kind of culture do you want to exist in? You're going to hang around these people a lot, mm -hmm. right? Are, I mean, I don't want to say, do you like them, but kind of, you like, want to like who you work yeah, with. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Here's the other thing recruiting. Let's just be honest. It's also, you feel like you kind of have to walk on eggshell shells for the things you can't do or the things you can do. And I'm we're still, I'm always learning mm. how to do that better. And all the HR laws and stuff stuff <laughs> so check those boxes get those out of the way and then and then get back to again who's the right person to sit around that table because again a product team works very closely together they're mm -hmm. not isolated by definition we have really strongly believe they should not be isolated individuals right so if you're going to be spending a lot of time with them how do you de define how do you feel what what make what will make that a good relationship right so if you think about it, for someone to enter into your organization, they need to pass through two gates. First gate, do they meet the role requirements? Second, and probably the heaviest and hardest gate to walk through should be your culture. Yeah. And we've had that before. We've had individuals that might pass the skills test, but then through a mm. team interview, we'll get, they'll score very low on culture. We and don't even consider you them. and I didn't even see where right. we, we, I think you and I have come out of some rooms. So our process real quick is that we, um, we do a phone screen, you know, applications come in and then we do a phone screen and then we bring them in for an interview. And in the interview, it's very, basically uh, usually at the beginning or end, it's a quick conversation with you and I, mm -hmm. um, or you or I, um, 30 to 45 minutes. And we are pretty much primarily only focused on culture. You yes. and I, yeah, a little bit of the skills, the further we get away from the, the actual practicing, it's practicing. Is that a word? Practicing? Practicing. Practicing. But it wouldn't make sense. It feels weird to say practicing. I'm okay with it. Okay. Yeah. New words uh, can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the further we get away from actually doing the work um, on a daily basis, we really have to lean on the team to understand that the technical talent Exactly there. right. Um, so we're, we're trying, and we have a set of questions that we go through. We try to keep them consistent so it's fair across to everybody that we're interviewing. And then we open up for questions from them. And then the team comes in, usually what, four people, five people? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, representing different roles, but usually set a little heavier towards the role right. that is similar to them. Because they want to find the person they want to work with right. on, on their, their craft, craft team. team. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and that was fun. We said it at the same time. I know. Uh, <laughs> Here's another thing. George and I, so we focus on culture, but find individuals within your organization that also care yeah. about your culture as much as you do yeah. and have them in the team interview because they are relentless mm. at finding people that will meet the culture because they love our culture and they don't want anyone to come in and ruin it. Yeah. And so we have those people that you and I know, There's like we want them we in, talk them down. Yeah. <laughs> we want them in that interview because they're, they're tough Yeah. and that's a good thing. I think it's, what's so exciting is when you, <clears throat> when we, have built a, a healthy culture. And when you start to build a healthy culture inside your company, not only will, and we'll get to this, but not only will the culture find more people mm -hmm. because people start to hear about that. Um, the people that work here talk about it constantly. Um, but also the culture will protect itself, you know? Oh yeah. So like as people want to come in, mm -hmm. it's now like, are you, you, you don't fit here. Yeah. Are you good enough for this? <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, in a, in a friendly Can way you thrive here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And, and I think there are, we've had people come back and say, Hey, they're super technically talented. I just think they're going to butt heads with people mm-hmm. here. Or I really think that they're going to really struggle to get along with this style of work. Yep. Um, and that's good. Um, there are times when we, there are times when you can bend those rules a little bit and you go, you know what? I agree with you, but we're going to take a risk. We're going to option to five it a little bit. Uh, we need the talent and we think that we can coach them into being right. the role. But I, I, that is one thing. I don't know if it's on your list here, but if the person isn't coachable, I think that's for you and I, the number one red number flag. Number one, without question. Um, when we're hiring, when we're looking for someone coach, culture wise. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're an introvert or an extrovert, right? right? That's not an issue. Um, I don't care um, on what diversity spectrum they're on. I can name all the diversities. Right. Um, uh, I don't, I'm, that's awesome. Um, but if they're not coachable mm-hmm. to become better at their craft and better as a professional person, right. Um, then they just won't flourish here. They won't survive. Right. And I think that's an important point because you should connect everything that you are assessing from a culture standpoint back to your values. Mm-hmm. And one of our values is constant improvement. Yeah. And so if someone comes in and we just, even for a second, think we don't think that they have the, not only the propensity, but the desire. Mm-hmm to improve on themselves because we all need to improve. Yeah. Then we just, I mean, that's the end of the interview and the people that don't last. So let's say we have actually gone through and hired people and we didn't see the lack of coachability when mm-hmm. we hired them or maybe we did and we just did it anyways. Um, and it's those people that tend to not survive mm-hmm. or even literally said, I don't want to be coached. Right. And it's like, Oh, well you won't work here. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it just, it doesn't, they won't survive. Exactly. Um, okay, good. So that and kind of, and we, uh, went into perfect your process, the hiring process. So George mentioned that we, obviously we go through the application process, but the oh, phone yeah, screen yeah. is great. Phone screen just gives us another layer of, okay, we, you've answered these questions and we try to ask strategic questions, yeah. questions that get towards, get past the words. What are the they paper. passionate about? Yeah. Have they failed? Who are you? Who are you? What have, how do you learn? And are you, do you like to learn? Yeah. So just where so, do you live? What's your religious views? <laughs> what's your political um, sway? We um, need to know all of that. <laughs> no, don't. I, we're, those are all the HR things you can't. That's say. right. That's right. <laughs> um, so let's go into probably the hardest. Yeah. Um, it is, I think it is, is promoting and finding. So the idea, what's the best way and this is unique to your company. Mm-hmm. You have to decide and find, and it could take five, six years to figure out the best way for you to find yep. recruits. It's very similar to finding clients. Yep, totally. Um, it's marketing. You are marketing positions. You're marketing your culture and your company to talent. And they, when they come in, are interviewing you as much as you are interviewing them. That's and right. So you need to be really aware of that to ask good questions and it's it's kind of an interview process for both sides of the table. Yeah, it should be. Because especially the society we live in now, very knowledge work based talent. Like you said, it's all about people Yeah, and every company wants the best talent. Yep. And so if you want the best talent in, you got to be prepared to market yourself well. And it is, I mean, like in our industry, there is a legitimate talent gap without question. There's more demand than there are people, which is why you're seeing the globalization of resources. You're Mm -hmm. seeing, um, you know, all types of ways that people are trying to educate and bring up more people in this, this space, even outside university. I mean, coding camps, boot camps, I mean, all over the place, which are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Those, it, it allows employers like us to expand our reach, knowing that there are more options out there. Completely agree. So I think, I don't know what you would say. Well, a a couple things. One is that our sales and marketing team, which we call our growth team is, um, they have two roles. 
they have two role or two responsibilities, I guess is the right way to say it. Um, one is to network or market Crema, mm-hmm. uh, tell the world that Crema exists, get this out. Well, I mean, this podcast is a part of that team and in, in, in distributing that. Um, and then the second is to tell the world that we're hiring or that we're looking for talent. Um, and you want to work here. Yeah. And you want to and work describe here. why. Yep. So I think one of the strongest things that we did, and there wasn't our intention, original intention, but it became this is our YouTube channel. Oh yeah. Um, every person that comes in and interviews, I watched all your videos. I watched your videos yeah. Yeah. and we noticed, started noticing that what three, maybe three years ago Yeah, about that. Yeah. We, when we started to get really heavy into video production and we just started to see this trend, like, man, there's another person that said they watched our video. Yeah. And they all love the <clears throat> two aspects of it. They like that it's, um, authentic. Mm-hmm. And so they get to see the actual culture that reflects who we are. And, and we, you know, while you do definitely have your radio voice that you put on while you're on camera, it does show who Crema really is. That is actually what we're like. So if you haven't watched our YouTube video, go check it out. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then second, I think is that it, it really, they loved the aspect of kind of sharing knowledge mm-hmm. that, that we're trying to give away as much as possible so that we can say, we want to, we think the world will benefit be benefit. Well, we think the world will be better. Mm. <laughs> if, if more people are doing things this way. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've even heard recently people are subscribing to this podcast, um, and listening to the podcast that are interested in what Krim is doing. So um, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you. Um, and we might want to hire you one that's, day. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, so I think as a company or if you're in a company, that is a big piece of trying to think about how you tell the story of who you are, what you're trying to do, what's your mission, vision values. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a platform like YouTube or you know, a podcast or a blog. I think a blog is harder now because it's just, you can't find them as easily. Right. Um, but all putting all that material out is a great way to tell the world that you exist. I want to land on that point or stay on that point for just a little bit of your uh, YouTube videos that talk about vision, mission, values, mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you need to be prepared that you're actually living those values yeah. within your organization. And here's why someone on our team mentioned one time as we practice values, there's small V values and big V values, Mm. big V values. And this was a new concept to me is what the organization portrays out into the community. Little V values are the ones that people actually talk about around the water cooler. Yeah. So there are values of the organization that creep up and most often or not, they're the ones that you examples. We'll say if you, um, say one of your values is transparency or honesty. Yeah. But maybe you don't communicate well within your organization right, and people right. are surprised all the time. Uh, interviewee might come in and say, I really love that you value transparency. And your employees might be thinking, well, actually, we don't know anything. <laughs> right, um, right. And so you just need to be prepared that you are living out those values. And so as they come in, and that's the beauty of the team interview that right. we set up, right. is that they can ask questions of our employees of like, so I've watched your videos. Sounds like your vision and your mission, your values are these. How do you, how do those live out? And they're able to describe, oh, that's actually how it is here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, whatever you portray out into the community, it will get found out, particularly if you're interviewing for key hires. Authenticity is such a, it seems so obvious. <laughs> doesn't I mean, it? Doesn't, Gen- being genuine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's so uncommon, I think. Uh-huh. And we've uh, heard that a lot from people that have left yeah. whatever company they were at yeah. and came here. Literally people saying, um, yeah, I knew you said it, but I didn't expect it to be that way. Right. It's like, well, really? why not? Right. 
Why wouldn't it be? We say it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, hearing our, our team go to training events or HR things and hearing the way that other co- companies talk about the places they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and both the, the toxic culture that's existing or the, the fact that the, the company says one thing, you know, what's the thing? They're speaking out two sides of their mouth. Um, yeah. And that they're just, they, nothing they say is honest or true. Right. Like, then don't work there. <laughs> like, find there another better position. places. Right. Um, Absolutely. Um, and I think that um, one of the other big pieces, and I just I just recently um, learned, I think I, I, I knew it was happening. I don't think I knew how strong it was happening, which is referrals from our existing team. Right. Um, we're, we just put out an article that's um, around women in tech, and really great article. Um, check out our blog for that. And... I took out uh, a few of the ladies that were in that article. We were at lunch and we were talking about this topic and they said, Oh yeah. And there's a women in tech, um, uh, organization here in Kansas city. And, um, they said, Oh, you have no idea. Like we tell everyone all the time how great crema is and specifically the, how intentional they are about women in tech. But then just generally like, no, this is the culture you all want, right. Um, that you all keep talking about that your, your companies do or don't do. This mm-hmm. is the one you actually want. And that reputation is viral mm-hmm. you know that goes so fast and i think any reputation is viral i mean it can, if you're on the other end of the spectrum i know the companies in town that i steer people away from right you know don't go work there yeah that culture is I had not a conversation the other day and someone mentioned a company i said just be careful yeah. if you apply there yeah it uh, may have changed since i last right. talked to them word but, around town is that you yeah. know that might it might not be the best culture yeah so just be careful yep right um i love the aspect of referrals and i think if you're looking to grow a team out there, um, George mentioned employee referrals. They, your employees are your best recruiters. That's right. Because especially if, okay, you want to hire um, two new programmers, the best people to go to first is your are your current programmers. Yep. Go to that team because they're already networked out there in whatever city you live in. And they can not only identify, yes, this person is a rock star coder, but you're also going to like working with them. Yeah. The other thing is, um, if you have an existing business network, so say you're growing a brand new team, mm. definitely reach out to them. Yep. Say, hey, I'm growing a team. I need a data scientist. I need a test engineer. I need a designer. Um, use the people you know that you trust because yeah, right. they're your best sources to start with. I mean, it, it's the same way we, way we get sales, right? Referrals Absolutely. are our best client clients. Um, and it's, it's I think it, it exactly is the same thing with recruiting. Uh, on the On the word recruiting, we have never used a recruiter. No, we have not. 10 years, you know, almost 40 people, uh, really, really, really strong team, really strong culture. Um, and I think some of that comes from not thinking, oh, panic, oh, panic. I need to go find somebody. Mm-hmm. And the only way I'm going to find them fast enough is to use this service. I'm not saying that all recruiters are bad. I used to say that. I'll be honest. I've met some good ones. Um, but we have found for the most part, and I'm being very careful here because we have friends in that industry, um, but you find that people that maybe can't find the best opportunity otherwise, mm-hmm. that don't have the talent um, mm-hmm. slash culture fit, um, can't get a job on their own, and so they need to go through an agency or something like that to find it. Not always the case. Um, there are some agencies that are doing really, really interesting work that are almost kind of like building a culture like Crema and then using that agency to kind of share that culture through. Right. Um, but I just think 
try doing it without mm-hmm. as long as you can. Um, if, and then, then you actually get to shape your culture rather than letting the agency do it for you. Absolutely. It's hard enough for a recruiter to get the role requirement, right? It's <laughs> yeah. getting the role, right. Is even more than it's much more than a resume. You need a JavaScript developer. Okay. I found six Java developers, right? Those are two different things. Those are two absolutely <laughs> different things. Yeah. Yes, we do need someone technical, but it's very specific. And even if they get the role requirement right, which is, that definitely does happen, getting the culture requirements right, there is no so, one out there that knows your culture better than you. And so to outsource culture finding, yeah, I, I think that really is dangerous. a really big mistake for right. any employer to make. Right. I mean, it's it's... It's your baby. You're growing it. Yeah. It's your culture. You yeah. know it. It's part of your DNA. Outsourcing. You can't outsource your DNA. Well, that's well, a whole other topic. You can. Uh, it's 2019, Dan. It's you 2019. Can do those things. I guess you can. Um, but I, my point being, protect your culture. Grow it. No one knows it better than you do. Yeah, that's right. All right, last one. Retaining. So you've built your product team. Mm-hmm. You are. You're humming along. You're building products. Six months, a year in. And you're like, I can't lose these people. That's right. These people are incredibly important to my mission. They're incredibly important to get this, getting this product built. How do I continue to nurture them, grow them, retain them? I was reading an article. Actually, I was reading an article earlier this morning, um, kind of getting ready for this. And he he mentioned the the sentiment that you and I have, have literally said these words um, where we thought, what if we came in one day and everyone was just like, we're out. We're, we're going to leave mass exodus. Mm-hmm. And, and even me, I got goosebumps saying the words. I mean, like it's, that is the biggest fear. I'm about that, to have a panic. Attack. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that would be, I mean, it would obviously crush the organization. And there has been companies that have gone through seasons like that, whether it's, um, you know, maybe one of your key people says, well, I could go do this on my own. And so they take a bunch of people with them or whatever. And I know you can have like non-competes and stuff like that in place, which I, I don't think is always necessary, but, um, I, it is the biggest fear, which is how do you retain these people? And even more so, how do you retain the great ones? Right. Right. Um, and that's, it's oh, hmm. right. It's, it gets me nervous every time I start talking about it. Absolutely. Uh, a good friend of mine of ours, Patrick once yeah. told me if there's anyone on your staff to where, if you think, man, if that person left or that type of person, yeah. Lord, and you would throw up a little bit in your mouth, then you need to build a really good retaining strategy for your entire company yeah. because you've built a culture where there are people on staff that make you feel that way. And so, <laughs> and so being yeah. intentional about, and the good thing about Crema is mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you think about your whole company leaving, you think that's massive throw up in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, it's a, it's a nightmare. And so I would cry. I, I would cry. I would, <laughs> I think I would, I'm, I'm a crier. Though, I would so. probably weep. There'd be weeping. Um, so building in strategies now on how to retain people is key to building a good product team. And first things first, get to know your people. We talked about that. I don't remember which episode it was, mm-hmm. but, oh, I think it was around multiplying your organization. Yeah, that's right. Multiplying your employees is have a philosophy of professional development. But after that, it needs to become pretty individualistic, unique to the person. Yeah. So the moment someone comes in and you're building your team and you're working with them, start to get to know how they learn, how they grow, what's important to them, what motivates them. And that's going to be different. And it's okay to have a, 
a plan, a growth plan that is very unique to each person. It yep. doesn't have to be. It's not a blanket thing. It's not a blanket thing. And if you're worried about, well, it has to be equals. Well, not necessarily in that instance, because in order to, to serve and um, care for that person on an individual basis, you need to look at them as an individual in that right. moment. How do you develop them? And different strategies include, okay, people love to be developed and grow in their craft. Yep. So start there. Right. What does it look like for this designer on my team to grow? Yeah. Ask them that question. Yeah. Maybe they want to learn a new tool. And how do you give them both space and time and, and resources to do that? Right. Um, and, and then how do you even say, okay, well, am I spending enough time with you so that you feel like you're getting that feedback as to whether or not you are making progress and mm-hmm. you're moving um, forward? I, 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 we've only found that people come back and they go, oh man, they, they really care whether or not I'm getting better, not only for their good, but for my good. Right. And meaning, I think I said that the right way. I'm not going to repeat myself. I, I'm not in my head. Sometimes I go in circles (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, another thing, yes. Think very intentionally and yeah, I'll just stop there. Think intentionally about comp strategies. Oh yeah. Comp compensation and benefits. So we have kind of our gut check, our rule of thumb is be thoughtful about comp strategies enough to where it just it goes off the table and we can focus on the work. Yeah. Cuz what we found is if you want people to do a good job, give them a good job to do. People the the idea of being able to use gifts, skills and talents to do good work that you believe in is far more motivating than compensation. However, compensation is still an issue and it's still a motivating factor. And so have a good strategy, have good compensation tactics, benefits, perks, all of that, that make people feel cared for Mm -hmm. and valued. And then just get it off the table and then get to the work. Get back to what's really going to be the, their day to day lives. And while the paycheck comes around every couple of weeks, um, it's not what they're going to be thinking about seven hours a day or whatever it is, six hour days, hours a day. They're going to be thinking about the work they have to do right. and whether or not they're happy doing it. Right. Um, now, when they get their paycheck, they're going to care. Yeah, right? absolutely. There's, there's enough there to, to support themselves and their right. families and, and their loved ones. But um, yeah, I completely agree. I think you've done a really good job on that. Although we've had to, we've had to adjust over the years, especially as we grew right. as an organization. Um, we hired quite transparently what we could afford mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, as we were able to kind of grow as an organization, we were able to maybe catch up with the market a little bit. Right. Um, but I think that is, that's key. And people have stayed. Absolutely. I mean, our retention rate has been insanely mm-hmm. high. Right. Um, and I think it's partly because we made sure we checked that box and also got back to these ways of saying, how do you, how, we know you, we like you. And we want you to be better. Right. And what we did is we set kind of a time frame that every 12 to 18 months, depending mm-hmm. on the market, mm-hmm. we do, we do an audit, we do a review. Yep. We subscribe to a service called Culpepper technology. It's fantastic. It gives data to the employer based on uh, company input that are similar to you, whether it's size, revenue, geography, all of these, all of these data points. And we just do a review. How are we doing? Are we at market or are we below what do we need to do? We need to change, you know, holistically. Do we need to? Are we, are we right where we need to be? Yeah. Is there somebody who's excelling that needs to be kind of um, encouraged right. because of that? Yeah. And it's really important as you get bigger. We started doing our our pay audits probably when we got around twelve, because mm-hmm. then you start thinking, okay, at some point we'll probably have 
say a, a programmer, but yeah. we also might have a senior programmer. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you motivate? How do you grow? How do you advance people? Yeah. And then at some point, 15, 20 people, we might have another director yeah. or manager. And yeah. so if you know that that's coming down the road, get out in front of it, understand your, again, your comp strategy and develop those systems that support that strategy. So grab a pen and paper. We're going to tell you what everybody makes. Uh, <laughs> no, we, um, it's interesting. There are some companies that have gone to kind of really open policy on that. And that we're, we're ex- extremely transparent except for that piece because it is a sensitive topic and, and we always want to make sure that it's, um, tied to a number of different things. But, um, I, I think everybody's always asking, I, I get asked that as a leader from other leaders a mm-hmm. lot. So what do you, what do you pay your people? I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't want to share that with you. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's a very, that's a very private thing. That's um, right. That's um, right. So, so a lot of you are probably thinking, man, that sounds like a lot of work it to get a, to the product team so I can do a lot of work. And you're right. You're absolutely right. It is, it's but it's so, so important. important. Yeah. Oh, I we our, been, <laughs> we've been saying we know each other's a lot of coats. <laughs> um, gee. I think uh, one one other thing I will mention, just as a very tactical thing, I, I, I'm I'm an app nerd. So a few tools that we use to help mm. us do this. Um, obviously, on the we kind of already mentioned on the um, marketing and sales side of kind of get, letting the world know that we exist from a recruiting standpoint. You know, YouTube and our website. We use Webflow for our website, um, and then a number of different tools that are for marketing. Um, when we actually get to the application process, we use a platform we really like. It's actually really helped us a lot oh, called work. Workable. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and it handles everything from the positions that are listed to the applicants to it does a scraping to find as much kind of like data about that applicant that maybe wasn't in their original resume. It then handles all of the communication back and forth. Just feels like email, but it, it um, records all that for you and then allows you to kind of go through the the recruiting funnel mm-hmm. um, that you can customize right. to your needs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's been really, really helpful. We can assign team members to each of the roles or the, um, the, the application, um, openings. And so they can be vetting with you or alongside you and you can vote on people. It's great work. We love workable. I've, I've referred it to many people and the, it helps eliminate so much time that you would normally spend so for example, Tracking you can create emails. Yeah, email templates. <clears throat> so we have several, we have confirmation of receipt. A good practice is the, when someone applies, send them an email. Well, if you have 50 applicants, you're like, wow, that's a lot of time. Workable. You just click on that template, hit, yep. hit send. Confirmation of receipt. Yes. Yeah. We've received your application. So it's just a really good tool for anyone that's um, con- consistently hiring or if that's part of your role. My favorite is the mass rejection one. <laughs> No, I always feel like it's such a rejection, terrible one, but it's, I mean, it does make it easier because you can just have a template where you don't feel like I, I'm the kind of guy that wants to kind of just soften it. And you're just like, Oh, you know, you were, you're such a good person. This isn't about you. It's about, well, but it's kind of you. (laughs) And this is very much more. It kind of puts it into just normalized language of saying, you know what, you're, we're not moving forward with your application. Best of luck kind of thing. Right. Um, that even just taking that anxiety off of me yeah. and having those templates. And then I think, um, past the application standpoint, we're using a bunch of tools, which we're actually kind of getting ready to consolidate for our onboarding and, and bringing people. Oh, in. Man. We'll talk, that's a whole nother podcast. Let's yeah. It's that, a whole nother podcast. It is. I think it's a good one. It, it is employee onboarding. That is a key operational issue. And we are 
in so close the mix of it <laughs> solving it thank goodness <laughs> yes um and so we'll have some recommendations on that later right but i think and then one of our favorite tools that we've been using for the last few years around retainment we've mentioned it before but we use a platform called 15.5 mm-hmm. it's amazing for weekly um feedback around how people are flourishing are they how do they feel like they are doing against their the company values um or getting their work done or just their general sentiment Absolutely fantastic tool. And then we use also, also use it for peer reviews and, and quarterly reviews. Right. Um, and we just actually wrap up giving the reviews back from Q1 this year. And I was, you, something you were saying earlier about, yeah, we're going to have to add, add that section out because I don't remember <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, what was it? Getting to know your people, growing them, comp strategy. Oh, that's what it was. I remember it now. Leave Excellent. it all in. Excellent. Um, is... Um, there's a question at the end, and I don't know if it's only for the managers or if the peers get it as well, but basically, if this person were to leave, oh yeah, yeah, what would the impact of the company be? Yep. Um, or even the impact to the, specifically to the revenue mm-hmm. of the company mm-hmm. be? And that's a hard question to answer. Right now, I think everyone has a big impact. There are some times where people have come back and go like, I don't know what that person does. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't think it would be that big of an impact. Right. So I'm know? gonna grade them a neutral. Yeah. Um, but I think that just, it gives you the space to ask that question from the team. And, um, we've, this article also mentions people are going to leave. Yep. Um, and I think being okay with that and understanding that, that by the time they go ahead and give their notice, it's probably too late to retain them. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to come back and like capture that person without just throwing gobs of unrealistic money at someone. Right. Which is not part of our compensation strategy. Right. Um, and so we've tried to retain people, but by the time, again, by the time they put in their notice, I think that you're already maybe three months past when they made that decision mm-hmm. in some way they were already looking or they're already thinking about it. Yep. Um, so that's why you have to be actively doing it rather than reactively doing it. Right. Um, and sometimes those employees might become what are called boomerang employees right. and they might come back yeah. with, as part of maybe an alumni type, um, employee to where they've gone. They thought the grass was greener on the other side and maybe they did go to another company that was, you know, a perfectly fine company, but they realized I really flourished and enjoyed that culture and I miss it and I want to go back. And those employees can become some of your best employees because then they're telling everyone else, you do not want to leave. You don't know (laughs) how the grass is not greener on the other side. Right. This grass is perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I think even sometimes being aware of when you have an employee, and I think we can see it sometimes that you have somebody come in and you're like, they may not be here forever. And I probably know they're not going to be here forever because they are on a trajectory to go do something either on their own as an entrepreneur yep. or, you know, whatever. And, and, and just recognizing that and be kind of preparing your heart for it, if you will. Um, but then doing anything you can to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think that's the most important thing is if you can still help them grow that. So maybe they one day will go do that. Mm-hmm. Then they're only going to refer people back to you refer other people to come work with you. Um, it only, it's all, it's all positive vibes. It's yeah. All, it's all hey, going to come back. We're all people. We want to help each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> just recognizing that's going to happen. All right. So growing your own product team, recruiting talent first, identify your best team player, then figure out how to promote, mm-hmm. um, those openings, the best way for you to find those individuals, whether it be through partnerships with universities, referrals, whatnot. Perfect your process, your hiring process. Decide what works for you. What are those gates that you want people to walk through? Bring it and bring in people. I think the thing that you pointed out was really good. Bring in people that actually are the experts on what you need. 
Yep. Um, from a technical standpoint or from a practical standpoint, and then you pay attention to the culture. Yep. And then last retain, how, how do you plan to retain those individuals that are really helping you forward your mission out into the world? And as you retain the culture is going to be, get more culture. Absolutely. Well, I think we're, wow. it's, it's, we kind of wrapped it up. Kind of coming to an end. Yeah. Not, not an end no. to a pause to a pause. So our plan, we have some interviews that we're going to um, be putting out from our team and a few other people. So I'm, stay tuned for those, but, um, we're going to, we're going to reset. We've got some really exciting ideas of, uh, people we want to talk to subjects we want to talk about. And, um, we've got a lot more planned. So mm. I hope you guys have been enjoying option five so far. And one of the things that uh, we would love is feedback from you. Um, if you are just now picking up this podcast, we'd love for you to jump in and give us a good review. Cause honestly that does help. Um, and then share this podcast with other mm. people. It's huge. Yep. Um, but thank you guys for listening. It's yeah. Been, been fun. Cheers. Cheers. Bye Dan. See you George. I mean, I'll I mean, just we, we sit by you. each other. Okay. All right. So that's good. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and if you think about it, would you give us five stars? That helps us out a lot. This podcast is edited by Larissa McCarty, with help from our growth team, Gabby Brotherton, Nate Olson, and Alexa Houston. Check out our show notes at option5podcast.com. Crema is a digital product agency that crafts product teams that design, build, and ship innovation to the world's top scaling companies. We believe that creativity, technology, and people can change the future of business. Learn more about Crema at crema.us. I'm Dan. And I'm George. And you've been listening to Option 5 by Crema.